This is a Main Hustle Media Podcast. Welcome to Militantly Mixed, the Black as Fuck edition, the podcast about blackness <laughs> from the mixed black perspective. Because we're mixed, but we're black. You're such you a know? Fool. <laughs> <laughs> Had to put a little something. Yeah. This What's is my boy, man? Blurred Vision. What's happening? This is my girl, Mixed Man. Uh, mixed Girl Man, so, to be exact. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about the idea of being black enough colon who gets to talk on behalf of blackness and this is an issue that kind of popped up in on me this last couple days and i wanted to kind of get into it and i'll i'll talk about what triggered it for me oh i hate that word triggered we use that word way too much i do you hate it too i do too yes because i this is dude my work dustin man he he triggers me all the time i just i just call it getting mad but they was like oh are you triggered are you and 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 that in itself makes me it's triggering right yeah right like, shut the fuck up. Why like, is it now all of a sudden a word now? Like, Well, that's the thing. Like, our culture is switching into this thing where we have to have these, like, trendy words to describe everything we're going through. Like, mm-hmm. living our authentic self. That shit bothers me. It's so stupid. It's like, you're just being... You're just being you, right? Right. Um, or the triggering word that bothers me too, especially when it just comes out naturally the way it would be used. And then right. I know that the reaction to me saying the word is the the pop culture version of triggered. And so I was like, ugh. But anyways, I was triggered. Um, yes. <laughs> I was super triggered. <laughs> That's exactly how I hear it. That's why it triggers me. <laughs> I was triggered. I was so triggered today. Oh my God. <laughs> um. So, so yeah, I think, um. you know, we're mixed black and we have slightly different experiences because you know you present skin tone wise more black than mm-hmm. I do and um, I feel more black than I feel any of my other races even though I don't present as black I there's these times when I get kind of you know the old baggage will sort of jump up on me and, and I'll be reminded of not being black enough even though my whole right. experience you know culture wise and family wise and everything like that is black and so the younger version of Charmaine high school Charmaine was always fighting that battle you know and and I was mouthy mm-hmm. about it and I wouldn't let people shut me down and shit like that. And then as I got older, you know, the fights were less obvious. They were a lot more subtle in terms of how people would kind of deblackify me. <laughs> Right. And then, you know, like now I surround myself around people that just let me live my black ass life. And it's just like, you know, whatever. Um, but social media is a fucker. Right. So for those of you, I mean, most of y'all out there probably know um, Amanda Seals. She plays Tiffany on Insecure. Uh, and here in L.A., which, well, actually, she's she's gone uh, nationwide on it. But for the last couple mm-hmm. years and here in L.A., she had a, a monthly show called uh, Smart, Funny and Black, which was kind of like a comedy game show between two black actors or two black comedians and they would kind of be pitted against each other to figure out who was the master black spurt and that was you know it's a fun show it's so much fun oh my gosh um there's you've, been, the- you've gone there with right yeah i took so for the audience that doesn't know i um my husband is he's half white and half arabic but he didn't know he was half arabic until we were in our 20s so i do struggle with the fact that i happen to fall in love with somebody white <laughs> but hey, you know. it's a it's a thing i mean because i've always like you know it's it's weird because i mean i've always been you know i like white girls you know what I'm saying? Yeah, my wife do. is is full mexican she looks like a white girl but I've always, and it's weird because I've always thought like, you know, if I do get with a person that isn't black, that I'm kind of getting rid of the blackness. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm half now. They're quarter mm-hmm. now. You know what I'm saying? And it goes down to the octoroons and all that bullshit. Right. But it, no, I feel I, I'm, I'm on that same page with you. I get you. But it's just, you it's just a kind of a strange <laughs> thing, you know, like you're, you right. you feel like we're already diluted as it is and, and stuff like that. And, and since I was more, you know, raised around the blackness, I, I do 
feel kind of strange. But I'm not planning on having kids anyway, so I already knew I right. wasn't going to be passing the genes on. It's just right. that, you know, what happens when you fall in love at 22 years old versus falling in love, you know, when you have later on in life when you have a little bit more time. I mean, I right. was actually surprised to find out that your wife was Mexican because I, I knew you liked right. white girls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've known you for a long damn time. <laughs> exactly. Um, Sorry. Yep. <laughs> so, Sacramento, uh, man. Yeah. So, like, like, there's times, for the most part, I don't even really notice as as a race and this is something that we get into a lot about um you know what you know what even is race because here in america race means something and it doesn't really mean as much in other places you know um most people can kind of say what their ethnicity is and then they're tied to their national you know the countries that they're from so they you know tend to be a lot more nationalistic in other places but here in america we have to be hyphenated to whatever we are and for someone like him you know he grew up on the military basis like we did around all the other mixed kids and all you know all the other people from all over the world too so he doesn't really even present or or behave as a white guy even though he grew up with white parents right we found out when he was an adult that he was arabic you know it was too late to kind of cultural culturalize him (laughs) Mm -hmm. into Mm -hmm. into arabicness but by that point he was pretty immersed in black culture too i mean not in kind of like a white dude that acts black but just a white dude that understands black (laughs) yeah because i I, I never got that from him and i've always felt as though he was just that like he wasn't He's never like acted. He's never, you know. Well, I'm with this. Per- no, it's just always been treated. That's just the way he. Yeah, he's just, is, you know. He's just that way, um, you know. Yeah. And so, so I tend to not be really aware of his whiteness until something happens. And so we went to um, Smart, Funny, and Black, mm-hmm. and and the thing that was so great about Smart, Funny, and Black when I started going was that I, for the last twelve years, twelve thirteen years, I'd been following around the country living in these white as fuck places and feeling always different you know like I, w- I never mm-hmm. really had that many touchstones in these other places that we were living so when we came back here and we got to sit inside smart funny and black it was like the first time I got to feel at home in a long time and it was just like I'm just in a crowd of black people I don't know but all the shit that that you know, just all the black the, the, shit. Yeah, like, yeah. Someone says something that even sounds remotely reminiscent of a song lyric, and next thing you know, the whole audience is singing "Can We Talk" from Tevin Campbell, or you know, like whatever <laughs> yeah, the black ga- na- right. the black national anthem comes up, and the whole audience starts singing. Um, you know, the she's got a band there, the clapbacks that the, you know they'll just hit a yeah. hit, you know stuff like that. So it's in terms of just like if you just need to feel bathed in blackness, Smart, Funny, and Black mm-hmm. is a comedy show to go to, and nice. it's gotten to the point that it's gotten harder to get tickets for like those tickets are gone and i haven't been in a in quite a while now because of how fast those tickets go and then she just opened the show up nationwide now so she's traveling all over the country doing it and i keep seeing it on facebook and or in instagram getting all mad that i don't get to be there because i can't get those tickets but anyways <laughs> there was this one time where she said this or she says it every time it's like this show is it's okay if you're white and you're here or if you're you're non-black and you're here if you understand your place you know understand that this is the show that is mostly designed for black people to feel black and and feel happy in their blackness and so like basically just for lack of a better way of saying it don't put your white hand on it like let it be our thing and just enjoy the show Mm-hmm. But there was one time where she called up. She's like, I need to get a white guy up on this stand because w- we need to deal with There's something we need to talk about. And so no one raised their hand. And so finally did. And I'm like, you're not going to. And I'm looking at him like, you're not white enough. Like, he looks Middle Eastern. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, he's pale, but he looks Middle Eastern. And he gets up there and it was so, oh, it was so satisfying. Because I've been telling this fool he, was, he wasn't white for years. And he gets on stage and the first thing Amanda Seal says to him when she looks at him is, Are you a I don't think you are. Yeah. It was see? so good. Was this is so what you're, saw, you're seeing as. I was like, and, and so I stood up and I just started screaming. I was like, thank you. <laughs> I've been telling him this shit my whole fucking life. He doesn't, he doesn't understand. She got under her seat, y'all. She's been telling him this shit his whole fucking life. <laughs> Thank you. I've been nice. telling this fool for years he wasn't white. Um, but then she tried to explain, like, you know, I understand that you got to live your truth, whatever that is, as a white dude or whatever. But, like, the world sees you as not white. So I don't know if you're going to be the right person for this this section. And so mm-hmm. he tried to explain, like, but, like, I was raised white and I have to check a white box because Middle Eastern is still listed under white, you know. So in terms of, like, how the government sees him, he's going to be white. Um, and I assume that the world sees him mostly as white, too, even though that I can detect. 
detect that he's Middle Eastern. I mean, Middle Eastern people can too. So I don't know. Right. But yeah, she basically made him get off the stage. He got a hug from Wayne Brady. You know, <laughs> like, that was the thing. So there's these moments where, like, I'm with with them, when I'm with them that, especially in a black space, where I become super aware of the fact that he isn't isn't black, and it affects my blackness a little bit. It shouldn't, but I will admit that it kind of does sometimes. Right. And uh, and so, but he's he's on it. Like he he pays attention to a lot of these things and he's usually hitting me up with like what's the deal with this thing about like how do we address to stupid white people when they say blah 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 like he's usually on that kind of shit and so he's actually the one that brought it to my attention the comment that the person said that that is the triggering thing that we're talking about today mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that is that um on amanda seals instagram this happens quite a bit actually someone jumps in and says you're hella light skin you got blonde hair you know are you even black are you black enough you know they basically call into question whether or not she has permission to speak on behalf of blackness and right. um and that shit's frustrating you know like i've seen her go off on it too on different instagram stories where she's just like my dad's black my mom's black yeah they're light skin so i'm light skin but we can't do anything about that you know like we can't help we we aren't responsible for the fact that our ancestors were raped you know by white people decades you know generations ago and as a result we now have light skin like we can't do we we can't nothing that we can't change about that shit and so like so the comment that he noticed and the one that ended up setting her off to to do the video she did yesterday is setting her setting her off there you go don't say trigger there you go. Set Setting her off. Her yeah. up, I mean, that's that's <laughs> like what we used to say anyways in our generation. Um, yeah. But yeah, what set her off was that someone said something to the effect of, with all due respect, I see the white in you. And her response, and, and so Amanda is in her mentions. She will jump in her mentions. She don't usually let right. people slide with, with ignorance. And so she'll jump in and she, she says, with all due respect, which is zero, fuck you. <laughs> Because right. <laughs> she's like, and so she ends up posting a video, a series of stories later on on Instagram where she's just like, you know, I've been dealing with this shit for years. People have always come at me trying to tell me I'm not black enough. And it's either she's not black enough because she uh, was born in Grenada, but she's been here since she was nine years old um, because she's light skin. Well, you know, both of her parents are light skin. What's she going to do about that? Because she was raised in a little bit more affluence, maybe. She was a gymnast for a really long time. And then, you know, she was like a child actor and stuff like that. So she's she's had a level of of affluence and she's like so even they come at me for that like I can't be black because I you know we had a little bit of money or whatever and um and so she's like so if I who am who am immersed in black culture who has been in the United States since I was nine years old who has gone through school in United States school systems you know who who is around blackness all the time if I'm not black enough to talk on behalf of blackness then who the fuck is What does someone who is allowed to speak about blackness and their blackness, what does that person look like? Where is that person from? Some people are like, well, Amanda can't talk about being a black woman because she light skinned. You know, can Tiffany Haddish talk about being a black woman? She from the hood? Nope, because her father is Eritrean. What about Issa? Can Issa talk about being a black woman? Well, I don't know. Her dad is from Senegal. She did live there for a few years. So is she black enough for y'all? What about Angela Rye? Can she speak about being a black woman? Can she be a commentator for culture, for black culture? Well, you know, she light skinned and she comes from... uh, an elite background so no she can't either who the fuck can who can tell me tell me tell me the formula and that like she was basically saying the words that i've been saying my whole life too and i'm sure she's been saying it her whole life i'm sure any of us that are kind of mixed deal with this type of feeling too like we get to be black as fuck until dot 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 something had right. you know like something usually will step in and try to try to remind us that we're not black enough and um you know and it's part of the thing about being a mixed person too where you're just sitting there like I'm not enough of this and I'm not enough of that I'm this other thing but I'm like the only one <laughs> you know where I live or whatever the fuck you know it's mm-hmm. like so it's just like you know it's just one of those things like whenever I hear that kind of shit it sets me off and you know I do while well, I do have a partner that basically has to check the white box it's sets him off too and so he's the one who brought it to my attention and as soon as he said it he's like this is a shit you say all the time i'm like i know and so i just want to talk about it i want to get into it i want to understand i want to try to well i guess i don't know i want people to stop saying we're not black enough (laughs) yeah that's yeah i mean it's it's i mean i've you know i mean i've dealt with it throughout you know because obviously i've like you said i look a, a certain way so i always get you know most black dudes 
know I'm black, you know, most black people just know that, you know, like you said, smell your own kind. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, but I've always gotten like, yeah, like when you step up to say something like, I, I don't think you're the best representative right. of this. Like, like because I am half white, I couldn't have had the same amount of struggle right. as another person. And I don't say that I have, right. but because I am black and looked at as black, Mm-hmm. I feel as though I can fight the same battle. You know right. what I'm saying? Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's. And it's not like you were only raised by a white woman, too, and didn't right. get exposed to blackness. You you had your black dad in your household. You know, you were you were not only just in your household, but in the environment that you and I grew up in. We were surrounded mm-hmm. around black people all the time. Right. It's and, and it's and it's not as though like I'm like, hey, guys, uh, I would love to, um, you know, put my hat in the ring. You know, <laughs> like I'm not. So it's it's you know what I mean? Like if somebody's getting. If something's happening, I'm going to step up. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to say some shit and, and, and you can hear it in my mm-hmm. voice. You can hear it when I talk, you can, my mannerisms and things. Right. Um, but I, but it's, it's, it's always been, you know, it's always been a question for me. I mean, and I get it because I'm, I am, I mean, at the end of the day, like when you really look at it at the end of the day, you can say I'm as white as I am black. Right. And that's the but, weird thing about being mixed is that even though we are or can be as white or more white than we are anything else, we're never white we never get to be in a white anytime you walk down the street you are not your your light skin is not going to trigger someone to say or (laughs) trigger there's that fucking word it's not going to make anybody say hey you must be half white so i'm not afraid of you or you know like whatever their biases that they're coming at black people with there it's not going to be diluted because you're light skin yeah like i get i get oppression i get oppression light because i'm light right right you know what i'm saying like i, I get you know we'll, we'll only you know get mad at him half of the time or you know what i mean it's it's not <laughs> i'm I, a part of the gang but i, I imagine have skin too in the because gang. <laughs> you're yeah you do i imagine because you have this your your stature is you know large muscular dude i think too any kind of like oh he's half white it's okay <laughs> kind of gets washed away too it really does you know because you're a former football player like you're not right you're not the smallest dude in the world. So, <laughs> so like, I imagine that kind of wipes it away and that for most white people, you are just black. And, yeah. I mean, and a lot of times they, you know, um, I mean, even over the phone, I mean, I, I, I have. I my business or what I do is sales. So most of the time I'm it's over the phone. Um, when I'm talking to people, I do my phone voice. You know what I'm saying? I do my you know thank you for calling. This mm-hmm. is you know what I mean. I do that. But a lot of times when it's a black customer, they know. Mm-hmm. So they're just like you know I feel it, like you said like how you feel when you are at at the show. Mm-hmm. I I kind of fall into that. You know I don't say you know slang and things like that because obviously I'm a professional. But um, you know, I, I'm able to tap into that and talk to, you know, and people understand right. me. And, and but a lot of times people will say, um, you know, like, like a like some people will say about my my personality is is larger than life. Instead of say, you know, oh, when shit. you're yeah, when you're not on the phone and you're talking, you have a, a colorful personality. Uh, no. It's. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, I get him. It's a lot. (laughs) Oh no. Well, see, I get that kind of thing too, because I know that like my resume is a really strong resume. I've, been a senior level manager um, places. I've been an operations manager. Like I have a really stellar resume, but I also have a black as fuck name. So um, you know, right. I imagine that there is some question when people see my resume and they're just if I get called in, it's like, well, we can't disregard this resume. So let's go ahead and call her in. And I've talked about this before, probably on the podcast, but it's that face that I see mm-hmm. the second someone comes to me where they realize right. Charmaine Latrice, you know, is not. It's- yeah. dark skin yeah, black right, right. and i can see that relief and it it, it oh, and when you're looking for a job and you really need a job that is so disheartening you know because you're sitting here like they weren't just they were really really hoping that i either a could fill a quota a diversity quota for them or b mm-hmm. which i can right still or yeah. b they you know they were just like all of their inse- you know all of their fears all their racism all their insecurities were rolling up in their face they see me they feel a sense of relief and it's too soon for them to block it from me seeing it you know right uh, right so they probably in a sense they're like well I, oh good 
yeah. I was going to give this. I was going to give this young black woman a chance, and now yeah. I can give this whatever she is. Like a let's chance. let's see what this some kind of Mexican has to offer us. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's like let's I give mean, her a chance. You know, uh, and I mean, it happens too. Like in interviews and in other spaces where I say my name, they'll go, "Oh, well, that's a really interesting name." You know, and it's an extension of that. You're so exotic looking. Where are you from? Thing. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, that's a really interesting name. An exotic name. Where is it? from you know and then you know again to make people work for it i'm like oh it's the female version of charlemagne which is a french king you know or whatever and they're like oh okay so your family's french no No. (laughs) you know and then and then it's the going through the process until they try to get out of me what they want to know um but so you know it's this is the kind of stuff like this is the thing that made us talk about race shit for all these years this is stuff that made us want to do this show it's like we we do live a black life we are immersed in you know that's the other part about race that is really Mm -hmm. confusing is that race doesn't tell you what culture you were raised in i grew up where i you know and where you grew up we grew up with kids of all different races and all different colors on a military base some of them had you know some of them had lived in the philippines before they came to the states but they were american kids some of them lived in japan some of them lived in italy you know like they were all over the world right. and so they you know they have all these cultures that they got to be exposed to you know being military kids and then they come into Sacramento and you know we're black and we're Filipino and we're Japanese and we're you know Puerto Rican and we're this and we're that but we're still mostly immersed in whatever our home culture is and in my case that home yeah. culture was black when I was with my dad's side or when I was with my mom even though she's not the black parent uh, removed from my grandmother if we were in my grandmother's house it was a Japanese household if it was my mom on her own mm-hmm. My mom is pretty immersed in black culture, so by extension, I was. You know, she's a hairstylist right. that only does black hair. Um, she only so yeah, you had you had the peoples around. Yeah, like I was always around. I used to do black hair shows when I was a little girl. You know, like I, <laughs> I, I feel mm-hmm. like you know, I'm I'm making the mistake right now, even of listing my credentials, <laughs> just right. just to be like, yeah, see, it's okay, I'm black enough. As far as I'm concerned, if you're a black person living a black experience and have a love for black people and black culture, then your commentary, if it's coming from an honest and informed place should be revered and respected not constantly attempted to be undermined and challenged without cause and in unconstructive ways let me ask you this when you have you ever in a sense not list your credentials but have you ever been in a in a in a situation where you felt uh not not made to or uh but have you ever just pushed your blackness a little bit like kind of tur- turn the dial up a little bit exactly well i've actually asked my que- that question of myself in going to things like smart funny or black or or when i am around uh, you know if i am in an environment when i'm around all my black friends part of me feels like i'm just unleashed and i get to be myself and i don't have to tamp it down because i'm you know i'm amount- around my people and part of me wonders if there is a little bit of performance in it because they don't get to see me be black enough often you know um so i would say i i i have done it i try actively not to do it but i wonder times if i am being performative black when it isn't 100 percent necessary um, right i i mean i i don't think that i've uh, i mean it's weird um i don't think i've had to i think sometimes you know i mean like you said i feel as though it is a is it there is a point where you feel at home so it's a mm-hmm. it's not a oh okay now i get to say i get to say nigga now you know right. what i'm saying yeah 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 it's it's okay. I feel more comfortable. It's like getting home and taking your pants off and being like, all right, cool. Shit, right. I'm it's chilling a, now. It's exactly that. It's like the, I feel like, you know, you put on an armor when you have to be around people that are outside of where you're comfortable, right? So, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, you arm yourself, you put on the armor, your posture changes, your speech changes. You know, I have my work voice or my, you know, white voice, I guess. Um, and then mm-hmm. I have my regular ass Charmaine voice. Um, Every now and then, if I was in a situation where I wouldn't necessarily reveal, in quotation fingers, my blackness, um, but something sets me off and I say, motherfucker, usually that's the thing that makes somebody ask me if I'm something (laughs) different. Uh, Like, I've had several times I've had friends, like even close friends who had, you know, maybe not known me as Black Charmaine, but just kind of know me. And then I'll say, you know, motherfucker. And then they're like, oh, that's the first time I ever thought of you as black. It's like, just off a fucking word. (laughs) But, you know. There's something I, I have to I have to attest to that motherfucker. I mean, if you know how to say it correctly, you will get a You will get a you get the pass. Okay. 
Yeah. Do you know how to say motherfucker right there? Okay. I, and there's all different types, right? Because there's like the there's like the motherfucker, which is kind of how you say it. There's the right. the mother with the emphasis on the a, the mother and the long th. This the motherfucker. Mother. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. The motherfucker, the slow one. You know, for me, like I'm obsessed <laughs> with Samuel L. Jackson. Most people know that. I've been referring to him as my dad for years, and so yeah. like any kind of like I just I I just like absorb his motherfucker. <laughs> just absorb it whenever he says it and so i feel like you know it kind of pushes out of my system like that but also that was always my favorite word like that was always what i said it is your yellow it is your yellow sun to your (laughs) yeah it's like it gives me power Uh, there's power in that word uh so there's like that one usually calls me out um because i do have this kind of weird hair in which it's not it's not fully obviously like mixed hair when we talk about mixed hair it's kind of Mm -hmm. more like asian hair that can get afro-y a little bit um so my top of my hair is like really straight and you know slicks to my head if it if it gets hot or greasy or whatever and then the back will poof out um it's not like a really it's not a perfect afro but it's like the closest my hair can do to it or whatever and (laughs) you know so whenever that happens or at least when i was was growing up or as i getting older i would end up braiding the top of my hair and letting the back do whatever the fuck it was going to do so if it froed out great if it got curly fine if it stayed straight it was more likely that it was all three of those things like part of it froed part of it got curly and part of it stayed straight but my but the top of my hair was um in cornrows mm-hmm. and that was just that was how things just were that's just what we did to my head and i continued doing that especially when i lived in texas i continued to do that because the humidity out there was crazy and i remember <laughs> how often people would go oh now i can tell and i'm talking about wow. like any non-black right. person right. you know like a white person and these are like people that are my friends who see me every day who hear me talk about being mixed or whatever and it, it took me getting braids for them to be like oh all of a sudden your whole facial structure has changed to me and now I can see that you're a black person um, but I've even had it from like my black cousins and stuff will be like oh shit you know like the ones that are either three quarters black right. or you know more more percentage wise black than me you know we're all, all of my family is mixed so I, I have very few uh, monoracial cousins but uh, but you know even there we'll see and they'll be like oh shit you know like and so I've had to I've had to deal with it whether it comes from white people or whether it comes from people of color you know my mixed family or like black people on the street usually black people on the street are the most validating you know because they don't say oh they just nod in acknowledgement or it's the you know for me and i don't know why it's always security guards but i i tell you the almost the only time I hear little sis comes from a security guard letting me through somewhere. <laughs> and it could be like a building I go to all the time or a building I'm never in. They'll be just like, little sis, this way. And yeah. and it just happens. And it's this weird little moment that kind of gives me like a little smile because it's just like, that's how I want to be seen with, without you like it's kind of an acknowledgement without being a real acknowledgement right they're not they're not right. like look at your little quarter black ass or you know like anything like that mm-hmm, it's just like mm-hmm. halo says this way i don't know why it's always right. it's always in a it's always in like a building i gotta go into i don't know why that happens that way sometimes it happens on the street because they, they're they're the gatekeepers and they're letting you in yeah you feel guess, me? that's maybe, like a- maybe that's why it stands out but like this is the thing it's like there's times when you're just noticed for being what you're mixed with which is great mm-hmm, in my case mm-hmm. i'm not as personally uh was what I saying? I'm not as hurt or uh, weathered, I guess. I like that term. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm not as weathered by someone not noticing I'm Japanese because that's a hard find in my face. Like it's it's more. Right. It you know I have almond shaped eyes, but I don't have necessarily Asian eyes. Um, it's if anything, my Japanese ness is more obvious and sort of my behavior and when I'm around Japanese people or, mm-hmm. or sort of the the kind of deference that I pay to older generation, like things like that. I, I do it the way Japanese people do it, not necessarily the way black people do it or, or whatever. So so like it's a lot it's a lot harder to sniff out my Japanese ness. And since Japanese people also as a culture aren't the type of people that are like welcoming for me for their mixed people. Um, in fact, right. nowadays, they're still really hardcore anti-mixing. And so um, it's starting to get a little bit popular here and there. But even as they have a, a half black, half Japanese um, Miss Japan, they, you know, half the country was excited and half the country was just like, she's not Japanese. Fuck her. Why is she why is she ruining our country type of thing? So, like, so like, crazy. it's already it's hard. I, I come from a culture that isn't very welcoming of me. Um, and then on, on the other half of my family, you know, it's both my dad and my mother were half white so you know the the white people that i did know in my life um 
was weird because they were the ones who <laughs> invited color into their bloodline and yet their their racial biases were still there um i talked yeah. about on a on a on the episode six of militantly mixed i talk about how my british nana had gollywogs in her house and and um those like black like tar mm-hmm. black dolls and um, right, and the right. mammy doll she had like a, a mammy um aunt jemima style like cookie jar i swear that cookie jar fucks with me because i can see it in my head so clear (laughs) as if it was if i had just seen it but i haven't seen it in years but you know she had uh plus she had like these candies or these advertisements that had those like gollywog pictures on them and stuff like that and that's a weird thing in british culture too they really like it i don't know why it's been so embraced by the white brits but you know there was these things that she would say and do sometimes that made it obvious to me that even though she married a black man came to america had black kids that she still came with her white biases against black people to a degree, you know, and she mm-hmm. was far more yeah. accepting of mixed black people than she was of full black people in, in terms of like in terms of my memories of her. Um, more right. than that, she's she was also very anti-immigrant if they didn't speak English. And I remember saying, but you're an Im-. I remember saying this to her one time when I was like 17 or 18, one of the last times I saw her, where I was like, but you're an immigrant too. And she's like, yeah, but I speak English. I'm like, you have an unfair advantage. You come from an English speaking country. It took you no right. effort to come to America and assimilate. If anything, you know, people marvel at her because she, you you know she has a british accent so she sounds fancier than she is you <laughs> know right. um but yeah like I, re- I remember her saying that one time and being kind of really affected by the fact it's like oh shit i think she might be a little bit racist you know like mm-hmm. even though mm-hmm. she was she married a black man um and i imagine too even with my white grandfather on my mom's side who i've only seen a handful of times in my life like i have no idea if he's alive or dead or what um he had a whole nother family he had a white family the whole time he had the japanese family um and they, were, they didn't live far away either they were just just like in North Highlands and we were in Antelope. <laughs> right. Um, so they weren't, they weren't far removed, but, um, and I met his other wife after um, him and my grandmother split, but it was just like, I could tell the difference in how he treated his white wife to how he treated my, my grandmother. Um, oh. You know, my grandmother was a Japanese war bride. She was here to be a domestic. Basically she was, she was basically the help you married, I think in his terms. Um, you know, luckily after they split up, she, she's an amazingly strong woman and she raised the rest of her family including me because my mom was a teenage mother you know she she took mm-hmm. care of, of us and, and everything like that like she's an amazing woman um, and it didn't I'm sure it was very difficult or whatever but it didn't necessarily matter that he wasn't present anymore so I don't really feel like I understand my whiteness at all like right. I have it, the <laughs> most exposure to my whiteness is my British grandmother and it's very removed from me like I mean it, I don't know if I mean I, I you know my mom uh was from Orangeville. So that's, I mean, that's down the street from, Mm -hmm. you know, from, from where we grew up. Um, and I, you know, I did have white cousins and, 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 you know, white grandpa, grandma, you know what I mean? I grew up white siblings with them, but I don't think that, yeah, exactly. My, my brothers, I have two brothers that are white, full white for my mom's first marriage and, um, a white sister, but I don't think that, and what's weird, I think is there's really not much of a culture that they had. And I think that that's where, where a kind of, a lot of times people are yeah. jealous of, of black people in a sense, because they have an actual culture that they can connect to. Mm-hmm. Or we try, we we kept it, you know. I mean, we try to keep it as much, but I think um, sometimes white people don't hold on to it, and it's more of a familial mm-hmm. culture instead of a overall culture. And I think with us black people, we do a, more of an overall culture than yeah. a familial culture. You know what I'm saying? So I think that that's where a lot of that clash. But I never grew up just having a lot of that whiteness, yeah, on me. You know what I'm saying? I don't think my mom was that type. Yeah, anyway, like how, how Italian were they? Were they like recently, um, like no. Ellis Island, or even before that, maybe over here? No, I mean it's it's you know I mean yeah you know I have cousins with the same with the last name that they came over with with uh, mm. with Panola. So that that is you know we weren't that far removed. Yeah. Um, I I would say maybe four generations, maybe mm. four or five. You know, but, um, but enough that they weren't necessarily being Italian Italian. Exactly. Exactly. Where my grandma did make some, you know, some Italian stuff. And I but I wasn't, I guess, in the house that enough to like, you know, teach me how to make your gnocchi and, you know, and things like that. You know yeah. what I mean? Now, my mom made, you know, all that stuff, too. But I think it was more Americanized and she had little, you know, kids and she made spaghetti and all that stuff. And we put hot links in our spaghetti. So it was like, you know, she blackenized it a little bit. <laughs> you know, um, what? I think I remember that. So uh, I feel like I remember that like vaguely. That's funny. <laughs> It probably you probably have had it, um, but uh, 
I was going to ask now, I've, I have at some point, you know, been, you know, asked, hey, so what are you? You know what I'm saying? Like, what's what's, what's cracking? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, what are you? Um, so, you know, some some dudes, and I think that they were more just being dicks about it right. instead of like, I don't believe you. And and I think the one time that I did get questioned is uh, my remark or my my comeback was to 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 pretty much I said, you know, like you've heard me say nigga this whole time and now <laughs> right. you ask you right and then you ask me like are you black? I said if you if if you've heard me say that this whole time and you didn't think I was black because I I that's why I was I was kinda questioning like bruh, you know I am. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So I was like, if you heard me say that this whole time and you didn't question it at the time that you heard me, then obviously I'm black enough. Right, right. Right. If I can say that without you even batting an eye, just, oh yeah, you know, yeah. it's whatever. That's a weird thing about that is that if if someone stops you immediately, then that's how you know <laughs> that right. you're not black like, enough, right? Like, I'm uncomfortable right. with you saying that shit. It, it made my stomach hurt, blah, 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 blah. You can't say, right. you know, there's probably nothing. But, like, I think you and I both kind of grew up like this, and it's certainly how I grew up in, in Long Beach, um, is that, like, there were there were Mexican kids that said it, there were, you know, Asian kids right. that said it, there were black kids that said it, and the only kids that really couldn't get away with saying it were white kids. Except when, or not except with white kids, but where the Mexican and the Asian kids were saying, if a fight broke out and your people came up behind you that's mm-hmm. when no longer you could say the word you know so like up until then right. you know playing basketball or hanging out at the quad or whatever mexican kids could get away with saying it asian kids could get away with saying it it was all good but two people start fighting all of a sudden now if you're not black that word is off, off you know right and then, right. and we're talking I about mean, a we're not talking about er so it, you know totally right, different right, thing right, so for right. me you know i grew up saying it i still say it i don't say it in front of white people and you know I mean, I I, I say it sometimes where it like slips out just because it's, you know, because it is a part of my natural vocabulary Mm -hmm. and, you know, in my home Mm -hmm. occasionally, you know, it slips itself out. Um, But I'm cautious, not cautious. I'm aware enough of the the pain of appropriation that people need Mm -hmm. to get to know my level of blackness until they until they're comfortable enough with me saying it. So I'm not like crazy going to go just it's not like I'm going to get on stage. It's even smart, funny and black and be like, nigga, 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 you know, like it's like. Um, I have never, ever, this is actually something I didn't notice until you were saying what you were saying. I have never been called on it. Like no, no. one has ever said, I don't know that you're black enough to say that or anything like that. I've, I've actually never, ever been. You know, it, and I, and I think the situation that I was in was more like, I think somebody was like, Hey, what is this dude? And then, <laughs> then some dude, then some dude was like, Hey, I'm going to be the dude that goes and asks him. You right. know what I'm saying? And so it wasn't like in a sense that, uh, it was like, Hey man, where you from? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was, it was mostly like somebody was like, it, it wasn't about that. And Dude, then so th- I said, but listen, this is why I know you ain't tripping. Right. You know, but do you think they were trying to also make you feel bad? Okay. So I think I've had this experience. I don't know if you had this one where someone likes to remind you that you're not full black. Like, you know, sometimes in the heat of the moment, they're just like, mm-hmm. you know, they put it out. Like, I, I was wondering if that's what kind of that moment was like for you. If that, they were just I mean, trying. that that probably you know, and that, that may have been what he was trying to do to his friends. You know, I mean, I've had. I've had where, you know, black dudes have come to, you know, the defense and be like, hey, bro, his mama white. Don't trip. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, oh, he don't, you know, like, I think I've been in a situation where one where it's like these, uh, you know, they were uh, black women that were coming at me like, why you ain't, you know, with no sister? You know what I'm saying? Right. And then the dude was like, bro, you know, let him off his mama white. So kind of like, listen, this is what he grew up as thinking beauty is and i felt like that was like like the coolest thing that somebody did was just like listen his mama white that's right. what he thinks is you know is beautiful that's actually- and they kind of they were like they were like oh, oh I, well you know what i mean they were kind of yeah okay so that, it was it was like cool. actually a really a really good way that you know somebody did come to my defense on one time yeah because you know i i mean i i am definitely sensitive about this i mean obviously as a mixed race person i'm not gonna mm-hmm. be out here like you know you gotta stick to your own because if that's the case <laughs> i'm not fucking anybody because i'm not enough right. of anything right <laughs> so um, like, so that would be a problem for me but like and i have a couple friends that are like this that are are you know pro-black they accept me as as black and you know all this other kind of stuff but occasionally I'll hear them say something that does remind me that there is a problem when black men in particular partner with white women you know like um, right. that you know that there's a source of pain in it and, and because of the beauty standards and because of colorism and all that kind of stuff that there's a problem and then it makes me feel like I have to be I have to tap down 
my personality, basically my blackness, because because I'm now aware that they have this issue. It's not something I like to do often, but but sometimes it does have that effect on me, you know, especially right. if my defenses are down a little bit. And the thing is, like, for me, because I was immersed in blackness growing up, my beauty standards are black women. You know, like, my beauty standards are dark as fuck black women and I struggled with my like if if I had any self-esteem issues related to what I look like it was that my skin was not as dark and beautiful as the women that I grew up around um yeah I grew up around some light-skinned women too I mean my my aunt on my uh, my dad's one of my aunts on my dad's side is light-skinned um lighter than my dad was and things like that so there was definitely light-skinned women around but majority of the women that were in our lives were very dark-skinned and so that was my standard of beauty and I took hits off of me not being black enough in that respect like i i could be cute or i could you know if you paint me up a little bit maybe i could be beautiful but i would never be as beautiful as this you know because this was the thing that i was immersed around i didn't grow up on the magazines of white people and stuff like that the only the the thing that did affect me is that i never saw people that look like us on tv you know i never saw families that look like us the closest to a mixed race family you would see as a dark-skinned partner and a white-skinned partner on a show you know like cosby or whatever Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. so like for me that was my standard of beauty shit i didn't i didn't start hanging out or seeing white women until i was an adult really or, well, you know, I guess when I transferred, when I left Long Beach and went back to Sacramento to finish out high school, I started seeing white women then because we had a lot of white teachers and shit like that. But right. not before. <laughs> Like, I just, white women were a strange anomaly. I didn't have many of them in my life at all, with the exception of my British grandmother. Um, and th- that's the other reason why when I do tell people I'm white, I don't say that I'm just white. I say, or half white or mixed white or whatever, I will say that I'm Caucasian British because I, I, I kind of need it to be clear that it's a different kind of white that I understand. Right. You know, I don't really <laughs> understand it from, from here. And, and still to this day, even as I am now comfortable in my mixed skin and I'm, you know, I'm happy with my face and all that kind of stuff. I mean, just like anybody, I have this stuff where I'm just like, oh, I would like it if I had curlier hair. Or, oh, I would like this or whatever like that. But those teenage years not being dark skin kicked my ass. Like, it right. really did. It fucking kicked my ass. And the standard of beauty thing, I think, is actually, that's probably a whole other episode that we can get into. I was going to say, because lately I've been in the sun a lot, just doing softball. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people keep coming up, oh my God. You're so dark right now. And I'm like, I, it, it makes me think like when I'm, you know, when it's not summertime, are you, are you okay with me just cause I'm a little paler? You know, it's just weird, but we'll go, we'll get into that. Don't yeah. Say, well, I mean, yeah, we color, we got no end to topics. We'll never be, we'll, <laughs> we'll never not be able to talk about something as it affects blackness. But, um, but I think, I think all of this stuff does boil down, like any topic that we talk to will boil down to whether or not we have a pass <laughs> to talk right. on behalf of blackness. You know, like I'm going to say we do. I'm going to say all of us do. I'm going to say, even if you are one eighth and you present white, but you grew up around and immersed in black culture Mm -hmm. that counts you know like i think it does yeah yeah. separate from the idea of the one drop rule i I think it's less in this case about the genetics as it is about the culture i think race and culture or ethnicity at least and culture have to work together to make a fully formed black person i don't want to say that just because genetics you know the roll of the dice turned me this kind of yellow brown versus obviously brown you know right that i shouldn't be considered less black or that i shouldn't have to roll out my resume basically to show you how black I am. You know, like I should just walk around with a little dude that just ro- oh, unrolls a scroll and just like, you know. Right. <laughs> this person should, yeah, yeah I mean, uh, uh, we should, should there be a, a, a literal black card? No, that shit would be so <laughs> frustrating. Oh my gosh. I'm we'll be playing. revoking that shit I'm for playing. all kind of stuff. You'd be like, hey, Right, all day long. I mean, I (laughs) like if we ended up really like legitimately trying to like black make sure that people were black on a certain scale. Oh my gosh, we would tear each other apart. We would tear each other apart. And that and and I guess that that's really like the whole that's the whole thing right there. Like, should should we even have to? Is it is it our own doing that we have to at some point really? 
measure each other's blackness or is it the you know how like they they kind of say you know like oh they trying to put e- pit each other against each other they're, you know the light skin against the dark skin mm-hmm. like is it is it a little bit of that as well i think it's a mix of that because i obviously i think we learned the lessons that we learned you know from the people who were in charge and forced our ancestors into into slavery and stuff like that i think that you know you hear the stories of how uh, colorism perpetuates anti-black Blackness, even amongst black people, you know, you see those characters, you know, like an Uncle Ruckus from Boondocks or right. or something like that, like or Samuel L. Jackson's character in uh, Django Unchained. Like you see, you know, that black guy is out there like, you know, that they're out there. That there is, Yeah, exactly. Um, and and so I do think that I think that is born of that perpetual weathering down of, you know, white anti-blackness. And that's how you create mm-hmm. a person like that. Generations of that kind of shit has trained us into thinking it is okay to tear each other down. I mean, look at what happened to, what's homeboy that was, was shot by the police in Sacramento? Stefan Clark, mm-hmm. St- Stephen yeah. Clark, whatever. Yeah, yeah. His, his little candlelight vigil shit happened for like a minute. And then someone uncovered his Twitter and saw that he, you know, he would posted some negative stuff about black women and that he had a white wife right. or like a white-ish wife or something like that. And then it was just like, you know, no longer are we sorry that you got unlawfully killed by a cop. You know, it was just like, you know, so it was a mixed thing. It's, like whatever that wow. dude's deal was that made him post those anti-black women tweets and, and shit like mm-hmm. that and to mm-hmm. live the kind of life that he was living. He lost a corner. He lost a whole bunch of people just off just by that recovery you know that covered then it, at that point it almost didn't matter that he was killed by a cop because, right you know? I, I, yeah i didn't even i hadn't even known about, heard about that yeah so there was a, yeah you can you can pull him up there's there's definitely screen caps of of the stuff he was saying and he was saying some fucked up shit like uh, but regardless does that mean that the white cop should get off for killing him absolutely fucking not <laughs> right but, i mean and, you know and, and like we've said before there's there are we are as a people there are we're problematic there are some things that we do is, sometimes <laughs> some things that we are okay with you know um but that shouldn't like again it shouldn't take away our books because when it when it comes down to it like we said about uh anybody can get pulled over you know there's the 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 police chief that was black was mm-hmm. out. It was in plain clothes. Got pulled over, and treated like him. You know, mm-hmm. so you we we should treat each other with the utmost respect because we know how we are looked at or treated by others that yeah. aren't a part of the the family. You know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, you, when you kind of think back the civil rights era and stuff like that, when you're when you're thinking about the difference between Martin Luther King and Malcolm X, like you understand at least us very removed from the civil rights movement. I think we can understand both of their sides. Of, of about why, you know, I, I get why Martin Luther King wanted to push a nonviolent platform. I 100% understand it. Right. But I also 100% understand at the, the time period when Malcolm X w- was pushing violence. I, <laughs> I'm kind of on board for that, too. Like, I get it. Um, when when Malcolm X was like, I'm sorry, we can't invite you white people into into our or um, our movement until we can take care mm-hmm. of ourselves. That shit resonates to now like there's 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 something where yes we need to all come together and be equal but at the same time we need to work together within our own because if we if we're so focused on the infighting in particular like where colorism allows us to think that someone else is more of a nigga than another or Mm -hmm. you know or like if we can if we can eliminate that stuff then it's a lot easier for us to join in with other people and i'm talking about a mixed person i'm a mixed person with a fucking mixed conflict in my body i literally have the colonist blood flowing through my veins you know like i i i come from british people caucasian british the colonist of colonists you know (laughs) The re- like, like the literal yes i come from them i more than that i'm a quarter of them i have more of them in me than i have a lot of other things i can't relate to them i, I can't you know not on a real level i mean i get the humor right. but the, you know like i don't get that thing that tells me that i deserve to go into somebody else's space and take up you know their space right. and their people and anything like that and yet i come from them i can't do shit in it, about it i come from japanese people where i had to hide that i was black from my family because we didn't want to get kicked out of the family because they didn't have black people and that's how Japanese dealt with having outsiders. They 
they blocked you. Um, right. I mean, they're literally an island of their own people. So that's yeah. Um, and then I come from black people who have suffered for hundreds and hundreds of years, disadvantages across the board, beaten, rape. I mean, literally raped into changing their skin color. Right. Right. Like, I don't know how else to say it. I mean, I did get my DNA test back, and I I was actually surprised to learn how black I still was. Honestly, um, it came it came to of my quarter, it came to twenty two percent. Um, and I was like, whoa, I was fully expecting to be like around I don't know, 13, 15% or something like that. Like I just right, assumed right. there was more colonists in that side, but I guess my colonist blood is pure in the, in the, <laughs> the fucking 25% yeah. on the other side. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I was surprised to, to find out how black that side of the family still was. Um, and I mean, I just think if we figure out a way, I think if we figured out a way to celebrate culture over race, mm-hmm. that would make a big difference. That would make a big difference because that that could. Yeah. I look mean, at yes. how rich our fucking culture is. I mean, it's not just the stereotypical things. It's but you know, like, like we can we can celebrate that stuff, but also we need to celebrate each other. That's the one thing. You know what I'm saying? Like when we come together, we need to come together yeah. instead of come together. And I think, like I said, I think that that's what they kind of do is they kind of sow a little bit of uh, you know something that so that we don't come together as strongly as we actually can. You know, I mean, and it goes from subtle shit to like in a movie where there's only one black kid and then a rival group of friends shows up and there's one black kid in that group and then they have those two black kids like you know up against each other like there's only one for one black person (laughs) in this thing you know like that's a subtle way of kind of reminding us to be pitted against each other I can't there's no room for another black friend in this group or whatever Um, all the way to the big things where it's like calling fucking players that kneel at the anthem son of a bitch because they're kneeling right in protest, I mean, something, you know, and it and and we can go into this another another episode too. It's just how we are perceived in in film and in TV shows and stuff, and how we we kind of have, uh, you know, we always have the one you have the one black friend, mm-hmm. and I've always been like, well, shit, that's that's not how I see the world. I have more than one black friend. Like, why is it right. only? But I think that if you think about it, though, that's really how white people are oh, yeah. they have the one black friend yeah so when a television show has that for it's them not it's that, real life I mean, yeah for them that's real it's exactly so for us i'm like what the fuck only one but you know i mean we could talk about it's, this shit all day long like this yeah. stuff is just as crazy i mean that's why we got a podcast right um, <laughs> that's what we can we, we can do it all the time let's do it well, sounds like a plan I, I think that i think that was that's a good place to to wrap up for today there it is yes another addition in the books yep so and we do actually have our social media handles all up and running now so if you want to follow us on twitter we are at mm black af on twitter and on instagram we are at militantly mixed black af and if you like the show and you're getting stuff out of it please sponsor us on patreon at www.patreon.com slash militantly mixed yes ma'am all right talk to you next week there it is all right let's do it The Black as Fuck Edition is a main hustle media podcast produced and edited by Charmaine Johnson, co-hosted by Mixed Girl Maine and Blurred Vision. Music is provided by H. Wood Players and Pond5. If you like what you heard on Militantly Mixed, The Black as Fuck Edition, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. And you can follow us on social media on Twitter at MMBlackAF and Instagram at Militantly Mixed Black AF. And if you want to sponsor the podcast, please go to www.patreon.com slash militantlymix. Peace, y'all. This is a main hustle media podcast.